and welcome to episode 10 of the Balance Theory podcast. Today, I have the absolute honor of chatting with Bryony, who is the owner and founder of Pilates 20, a boutique Pilates studio in Concord, Sydney. Today, Brian and I chat about how Pilates says something bigger about movement and exercise and really how it plays into the balance of your body and movement in terms of your long-term health. So that was a really interesting way to look at balance from a different point of view. Apart from chatting a bit about her journey in Pilates and how and why she got started, we also talk about the biggest challenges and the biggest benefits of being a business owner and a mother of three. So that's an interesting um, juggle that she has to factor into her own balance. And lastly, we chat about relationships and how you really can't control other people. And this sort of stemmed from Bri's own parenting tips that she had been giving to her own daughter, which then allowed her to have a nice reflective moment on her own life. And she then shares that wisdom with us in terms of friendships specifically. Um, But I really liked this segment. I thought it was a nice way to chat about balance in the category of relationships. Now, for anyone who absolutely loves this episode, you can find and chat more to Bri through her Instagram. I'll pop all the links in the episode description below, but we also have a really special offer for all our listeners today. If it is something you are interested in and you haven't already subscribed to our website, pop over to www.thebalanceriepodcast.com slash home and pop in your email address on the subscribe section. And Bri has offered something really, really generous. She's offered 30 days free access to her online platform, which has some incredible workouts on there. So if you subscribe over the next week, you'll get that coupon sent straight to your inbox and you can go and happy Pilates days. For now, sit back and enjoy our chat. Alrighty. Welcome to the Balance Theory Podcast. Thanks for having me. No problem. So... Obviously, being the founder and creator of P20, can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be, where you started, and I guess the inspiration, yes. where it all began? Well, I studied exercise science at uni in Wollongong, and then once I finished that, I kind of found Pilates through doing rehabilitation and exercise therapy, and then I decided I loved Pilates, so I went and trained at the Pilates Centre in Mossman with a beautiful lady called Delmarie Day, who was a bit of a pioneer in Pilates in Sydney and Australia. So I trained there for over 12 months, working full-time. You were working there as well? Yeah, yep. working there as I trained. So I was, I was on-site training, on-job training. You lived there. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> and then after I'd finished doing that, I decided to move overseas to South Africa, where my parents had moved. They left me. I know that shouldn't <laughs> happen, but my parents moved away. Uh, so I went over there to work in South Africa and how old were you at this uh, point? I was 20, 20, 21, oh, 20, 21. Yes, I was young. So I went straight from uni, straight to training, moved overseas. Pilates was very unheard of in South Africa. It was pretty much only through physios. So I spent a lot of time working with physios over there, worked with the South African cricket team, the South African rugby team. Cool. So doing a lot of kind of sports rehabilitation, I guess. And they um, were doing Pilates? Yes, as part of like injury prevention and also as part of injury rehabilitation. It wasn't really mainstream. Not many people had heard of it. 
Uh, so I'm here. I, I am imagining full cricket team on a reformer. Yeah, do you know like... what? It was actually really funny because I did have once like the South African rugby teams were quite big boys, and I had them doing really basic exercises using like no springs, and they were shaking. Like yeah. things that I could do quite easily, they struggled to do. Well, that's kind of like when you walk into the reformer and they say, "Pick up one, two, or three yes. kilos," and I'm like, "These people know how much a shoulder press." Yeah, and then exactly. I'm like, "Pick and up the one like, kilo." Die. I'm like, yep, regrets. Yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that because it was so new when I was young. Then I. I had my first child so in I, South Africa still yeah in South yep. Africa so my two girls were both born in South Africa once I had them it obviously became really difficult to do Pilates all day every day yeah. so I actually had a total career switch and went into publishing oh wow and published a bridal magazine in South Africa with my mother that's so, awesome yeah so I taught myself I was the accounts, I was the marketing, I was the designer. So we sold all the advertising, published the um, magazine. So I did that for two or three years, then decided once my second daughter had arrived that I wanted to come back to Australia for safety reasons. I didn't want to be living in Johannesburg anymore. So I sold the business and moved um, back to Australia. And then I also stuck then with graphic design and did kind of freelance graphic design work. And it was only probably in the last um, five years that I got back into Pilates through a friend of mine who owns a local gym and physio who begged me to please come and start it again. So I, I did it and I loved it. And I was like, why did I ever stop? But I guess it was at a point where my kids were older, they were at school. I had time to do it and time to focus on that. So I now have my own studio at home, which I'm very lucky in my backyard where I see. It's a beautiful studio. Yeah, it is nice. Anyone local to Concord, Inner West Sydney? It's a beautiful little home studio. Yeah, so I'm very lucky that I get to walk out my back door and be in active wear every day as part of my job. So, awesome. and I have beautiful clients. And I also have an online studio that, you know, I started a few years ago to kind of reach a bigger audience and so that people can do it in the comfort of their own home. Especially mm-hmm. like if you're a new mum, you don't always have the time or the resources to be able to go out and go to a Pilates studio mm-hmm. to do sessions. Commute to yeah. somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's interesting how. I suppose the balance of your fulfillment area shifted with your life events. So, you know, moving over and having kids, you steered away from Pilates, which was more, I guess, hands-on, more demanding of you physically to be there day to day. And I guess the publishing, because you're working on it with your mum, I'm assuming that was a bit easier to juggle. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So I brought my daughter to work with me every day, Mm. which was really handy. And then, you know, I, but I've always loved exercise and I've always loved sport. I've always played sport. You know, it's what I studied obviously at university because I had that passion and I'm fascinated with the human body and how it works and and also that mind-body connection of how, you know, your mind and your thoughts control so much of physically Mm. what is happening with your body. Mm, Definitely. And so when you think of Pilates or for someone listening who hasn't tried it, I know we've spoken uh, briefly before about how it is more into a long-term perspective in terms of your movement and agility like as a long-term approach. Can you tell me a little bit about your, I guess, philosophy or ideas about Pilates and why it is for everyone? Yeah, well, Pilates is literally for everyone and everybody because it's all ages, it's all levels. Uh, You know, it can be used as an injury prevention. It can be used for athletic performance. It can be used just to get toned and have a nice flat stomach. That it does do. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess the appeal of Pilates is that it balances out um, the body and it balances out them any muscle imbalances whether it's like you know you get people that go to the gym a lot who have super strong kind of global muscles then they have really lack in their core and their mm. postural muscles so it's about 
I guess, finding the areas that you need to work on. And because it's such a precise, controlled movement and focus, you really can't do any exercise without that concentration and without thinking about, A, what muscles you're using and B, why are you doing that exercise? Mm. You know, what is the aim of the workout? And I think we forget that a lot of the time in a lot of the exercise and gym work we do. You know, we think we've just got to pump out 50 burpees, but why? Why are you pumping out 50 Mm. burpees? And, And really, what is your posture and what is your technique and why are you doing that? So how's it serving you long-term? How's it assisting your, your day-to-day Yeah, yeah exactly. Movement? How is it functional? Mm. So for me, I I guess I'm, I'm classically trained, but I also, having the exercise science background, I look at the biomechanics and why your body is moving in that way. And it might be, you know, people come to me and go, oh, I've got a sore left knee, but why is your knee sore? It's not necessarily your knee that's the problem. It's coming from your pelvis or your hip alignment. So mm. I look at the body as a whole, and Pilates is about using your whole body and having those systems balanced and the mind is certainly a massive part like you your breathing is so important your breathing not just uh, you need to breathe but breathing what it does functionally what it does to your diaphragm what it does to your organs what it does to your spine mm-hmm. looking at the body system as a whole and balancing out that you know, I, yes, look, everyone wants to look good and have a nice toned body, but it's also about having time to yourself as well. Like a lot of my clients, yeah, the mental care, a lot of my clients go, oh my God, is that hour up already? I can't believe I didn't think about anything else. Mm. I focused on me, you know, like internalizing and actually focusing, focusing your own body, breathing properly. You come out and with, you know, compared to a lot of exercise, I find with Pilates, all my clients go, oh my God, I just feel amazing. Like mm. you feel energized rather than tired. I think it's also like it's it's borderline open eye meditation yeah. because you yeah. really are thinking about the breath, your like full body alignment. Yes. And what I like about Pilates is that there's a lot of unilateral movement. And yes. so Correct. you really are, it really brings to your focus instantly, like which areas are imbalanced. Correct. And it does really focus and go towards that full body balance, not only like muscles yes. left and right, really like brain to Correct. body, breath to heart, yes. all that stuff. Yeah. And there's obviously there's different types of Pilates too, like the mat work on its own. Like you can do that. Anyone can do that. Mm. And it's using your own body weight to uh, to work. But, but then there's also like the, the reformer. There's lots of different types of Pilates equipment. Most people know about the reformer because it is the most popular one. But, you know, he was quite a genius in how he created them and, the reason I love it too in terms of talking about balance and longevity is I have a lot of elderly clients who come to me and they need for osteoporosis and for balance they need some kind of resistance exercise but it's a safe resistance Mm. exercise it's Mm. low impact so there's no damage to the joints they're you know they're able to do you know do a squat lying down yes rather than doing a squat so for them that's also important because it's something they can do you know, they can do it every day and they can do it for the rest of their life. There's no limit on how long you can do Pilates for. You know, it's great for people who have had babies or even while they're pregnant. Mm. It's a really safe, effective exercise. So, yes, I'm a big Pilates lover. So what's your favourite type of Pilates workout? Like one you would mostly do training yourself. Okay. I love the Wonder Chair, which po- most people don't know about. It's like a reformer in a chair version. And oh, the reason, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So the reason I love it is... A, it takes up not much room and it's also kind of taking a lot of the stuff you do on the reformer with the moving platform and taking it into a chair version so it's a little bit more functional in that you're not lying down as much you're seated or you're standing right. so does um, it look like a reformer yeah kind of it's the same resistance base so it's still spring based it's yep. got a pedal there's lots of different exercises 
that you can do on it. And that's the thing I love about Pilates is the the variations and the the, just the variety of exercises. You never get bored. It's never the same workout. You know, it's not going and doing the same workout Mm. every time. Every time I do it, there's different workouts and different muscles that you feel, oh, I never felt that one. So I didn't even know how that muscle. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Or I didn't know I needed to work on that muscle. Yeah. You know, so I think... The variety is so important because you really never get bored. Yeah. I think also, what are your thoughts on, so someone who has like a pretty regimented training routine, maybe they're doing high intensity, like a CrossFit F45 style, or maybe they're doing like a steady weights training program. How do you think Pilates could assist them or um, I guess amplify their current training performance? Yeah, I have a lot of clients who do CrossFit and F45 and generally they come to me because they've either got injured because they do have a lack of core strength. They have a lack of body awareness, Mm. you know, and technique when they're performing simple exercises like a deadlift. You know, I have people come to me and go hurt my back and I'm like, were you doing deadlifts? And they're like, oh yeah. How do you know? Yeah. How did you know? And I know because A, their hamstrings are probably too tight. Their core is too weak and they're not using a correct posture because, you know, their aim is to go heavy and go fast. I've definitely. Yeah. And I, I myself, myself, yeah, so that. have I. And I've always, you know, I've always sort of exercised and it's taken me, I guess, with age to learn to slow down and that, you know, the quality is more important than the quantity. It's and, a marathon. Yeah. And to do exercises that, you know, in 20 years time, I'll be able to still walk and I'll still be able to be active and I'll still be able to be pain free. That to me is really where I'm at and where I think the focus is shifting a lot with exercise, it's moving much more to that mobility and mm. the functional movement rather than, oh, I just want to have great legs or I just want to, yeah. you know, or I want to be able to run 50Ks. Well, why do you need to be able to run 50Ks? And if you run 50Ks, like, are you going to be yeah. able to sit at your desk? Correct. Which may not be ergonomic yeah. enough, you know, yeah. for the rest of the day. So would you almost claim that in any type of training you do, it's almost key to also do some element of Pilates. Yeah, I do. Look, and that's why, you know, Pilates originally, Joseph Pilates took it to New York and incorporated very much into the ballet world. That's why you're like anyone who's done Pilates, you'll know a lot of the movements are ballet based and, you know, you will not find any elite athlete or sporting professional sporting team that does not do Pilates. Because, yeah, A, not just for injury rehabilitation, but also prevention. So I I guess if your body and your systems are balanced and you've got that core strength, everything stems, you know, the core in Pilates is called your powerhouse. Mm. And it's called your powerhouse for a reason, because that's where your power comes from. Mm. And I guess it also taps into that, you know, your gut being your center and your gut being your immune system. And really, you think spiritually, not just physically, how important that center is. Mm. So it's almost like, the core is like the gut, but of the muscle system. Correct. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, it's, yeah, I think, you know, I think everyone should do some form of Pilates, even if it's five minutes, you know, on your yeah. floor at home. Yeah. So what would you say to, because I know it's a bit of a myth that Pilates is for women and you really never hear groups of men going to Pilates classes yes. on the weekends, but you have just said something interesting and that is that most sporting teams professionally yes. do do an element of Pilates. What would you say to any males potentially listening or even females who are trying to convince their husband to do a class like of why they should? You know what? There is a big myth too, I think, with Pilates. They go, oh, what's Pilates? Is that like just stretching on the floor yeah. and until you actually get a man into the studio? And I have a lot of my male clients who come to their first session and die. Well, you've, tra- you've trained my yes. partner and yeah. you died. Yeah. So and that, that. Real- yeah. <laughs> that realise that actually it's a lot harder than it looks. And so I think, you know, I think it's not just for women. Unfortunately, I think it has been 
you know, a very much a female kind of industry. But I think it's interesting because a man created it, right? Correct, he did. So interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. But I think that's changing. I Mm. think the change is happening because a lot of the professional sporting teams are doing Pilates Mm. and have access to reformers. You know, like a lot of the sporting teams have reformers in their gym. Yeah. It's part of their daily training. It's part of their exercise that they have to do it because, Mm. you know, there's big money in a lot of these sporting teams and that's their job. If they get injured, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the end of their career. So mm. as an injury prevention, you know, I think it's a fantastic tool. And I do say real men do Pilates. <laughs> I love that. And I do think it speaks to a wider shift in the perception of exercise and the, the role it has to play, not just in short-term performance, but yes. like thinking more long-term, like, am, can I do this in 20 years' yeah, time? exactly. Like, you know, is, are my knees going to be compromised in 10 years if I continue to, to I don't know, lift in this way or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there's a general shift in, I think in society, people are looking at wellness, uh, which I know is a very woo-woo word, overused <laughs> word, but it is, you know, wellness, not just physically, but also mentally. Yeah. You know, like right now in the world, crazy COVID that we're in at the moment, I think mental health is a massive issue. And I think you need to be able to move, moving any type of movement I think is good for you. It releases your endorphins, yeah. gets the blood flowing. You yeah, know, getting for those that can get outside, going even just going for a walk, walk around the block. It's mentally so amazing for you. Rather, soul replenishing. yeah, it is so. Yeah, it is soul replenishing. Mm. Awesome. The next thing I wanted to ask you, and I guess it it's more specific to your experience as a trainer. Would you say there are common body signals? Because I know like, and I've experienced it myself, your body will show you something before you'll tell yourself something and you'll have these sort of niggling things that prop up. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later you go, Oh, that was that. And that's why, you know, I, I yeah. kind of had this gut feeling weeks ago. Like, have you seen any more injury kind of related yes or I guess even emotional um uh, yeah I do I obviously I see a lot of I think in women we hold a lot of tension in our upper shoulders I, I always get women coming to me going oh my neck sore or my up you know my shoulders are sore and I think a lot of that is breathing mm. I think generally as a society we don't breathe properly unless you're a singer who uses their diaphragm beautifully mm. I don't think we learn to breathe properly I think we well it's not taught at school no it's not and really and, unless you go and out you of think your way. it should be a natural because it is it's an essential part of life but you know breathing is so important not just to a physically use the right uh, muscles but also to use your diaphragm you know it massages the organs it releases the muscles in your lower back it helps so I think breathing is a big thing uh, the other biggest thing I think I see is lower back pain hip flexor tightness because we sit we sit way too much and our bodies were not made to sit Mm. you know as soon as you sit down your glutes switch off your hip flexors get tight and Mm. then you expect your body to get up and now let's go run 5ks and not have any injury yeah exactly or squat so I think you know people have very like tight and but weak glutes and really super tight hip flexors and that also stems from the breathing and not breathing properly into your lower back which kind of releases your hip flexors yeah, they're my two main ones. Interesting. And so, I think injuries from overdoing it at the gym. Yeah. Like I see a lot of people who go, who think that they always have to do high intensity workouts. You know, I've got a lot of clients who do super high intensity and that are probably my age. I'm in my forties and think that they need to be doing the super high intensity every day to see results when actually 
it can have the adverse effect. You yeah, know? It's, sometimes doing the basics is Correct. Key. You know, sometimes balancing it with going for a walk, doing yoga, doing Pilates, you'll get more benefits physically and mentally than you will trying to do high-intensity mm. exercise every day. You know, when you're just smashing your body every day and your body reacts to that, it goes into that fight mode constantly. Yeah. It affects your adrenal gl- It affects your cortisone levels. It yeah, affects- you're constantly stressed. Yeah, your body yeah. is in constant stress mode. So I think... Uh, educating people about no you don't always have to go super hard and super Mm. fast and smash your body all the time yeah and i think look it comes back to i've spoken a lot about like goal setting and stuff on previous podcasts but it's almost like okay if you are training for a competition in eight weeks you've obviously got an eight week window to go hard but it's coming in and out of that like yeah how does that feed into your long term Yeah, and I do look, I have clients, I have actually a client at the moment who trains for two hours a day and he's like, I've hurt my Achilles because I'm doing an hour of beach sprinting and I'm like, why are you doing beach sprinting? Are you training for Mm. a run? Are you training to do Mm. a triathlon? Are you And he goes, no, I'm just doing it to get, and I'm like, well, why are you doing that? If it's injuring you and it's putting so much strain on your body at your age, he's not young. I'm like, think about why you're doing it. Yeah, the why. Yeah, why, the why behind, why am I doing this exercise? Mm. Not just like, oh, yeah, I've got to go out and smash my body. Why are you doing it? Yeah, that's right. Cool. So we've spoken a little bit about, I guess, the balance as Pilates and what that has to offer to everyone's balance uniquely. And I think it's interesting coming out of this period, you know, this whole COVID 2020, I think a lot of people are reassessing their exercise regimes yeah, and they really are mixing it up. I think that is a new wave as well. I mean, I've certainly, I definitely think, I think also because people have been forced to exercise at home. That's right. They've I, had to they've had come to, up with a plan B, exactly. they've had to walk yeah. and people get bored of doing the same thing, Correct. especially if you're like used to doing classes. So I don't know how many people listening have, personally like shaken up their exercise regimes yeah. but i think it is the way forward and yeah. i think having you know like online platforms like yours that you can dabble into or sign up yeah. for a class and do that it's, it's a great opportunity to diversify and bring balance yeah. back to your regime and that's why i have the online studio because i have classes on there like you know i have pre and postnatal i have active aging mm-hmm. workouts i have you want to die and burn cardio workouts i have something literally for everyone you know and like some of them are five minutes some of them mm-hmm. might be just a neck and shoulder release workout or a foam roller massage just to balance or i guess to add on to any other kind of exercise you're doing but you know as part of my membership I email out like a weekly schedule and I always add in there like have rest days, have a day where you just go for a walk. Mm. You don't have to be doing something hard every day. You and can, isn't that refreshing? Yeah, to it hear is it. refreshing. And I think it also takes the pressure of people because I think there's this whole guilt around trying to always be this perfect body and perfect, yeah. super healthy. And I've got to exercise this much every day. And I think society puts a lot of pressure and I think we do it to ourselves. I know I do it to myself. Mm. Yeah, like if you have a rest day, almost feel guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, so now I want to move a little bit more into your experience as a business owner. Yeah. And um, if you could share maybe like your biggest challenge and biggest reward um, from – let's talk about maybe the last five, six years yeah. when you started at home yeah. P20. I guess what's been the most challenging thing from a business point of view or even how you got started? Yeah. Okay. Well, I start, I had two studios, yoga and Pilates and bar studios in partnership with – someone else. I sold that because I found that I was just working crazy hours and I was, I kind of lost the love of Pilates. It became just a business and I was all about the numbers and working crazy hours. And I stopped actually enjoying what I love to do. And what I love about Pilates is helping people. I love to see someone coming to me and they've got lower back pain. And then within a couple of weeks, they're like, oh my God, I'm pain free. I've got a client 
who is in her 40s and her whole life has been in pain and thought that that was normal. And now she's like, I can't live without you and I can't live without Pilates because it's like I'm a different person. Yeah, you've saved me. And my whole – her life and her self-confidence has totally changed and her her whole outlook on life with her kids and being able to do stuff with her kids that she would never have done. And I guess that's, for me, the most rewarding part. Like, yes, it's nice when people come in and they feel stronger and they feel being able to move, but I guess it's the people that I can really change their life Their life that is the rewarding part. Mm. To, to be in constant pain is mentally depressing as well as, you know, physically, obviously it hurts. So to be able to get people pain-free and to be able to get them moving is what, what I focus on. Probably the biggest challenge of having your own business is finding that balance. You know, I've got three teenage kids and one who's doing a HSC at the moment, the poor thing, and one who's in year 11. So that's it's all a, happening. Yeah, it's a busy household. You know, we all do a lot of activities. I still play sport. They all play many sports. So mm. it's, I guess, balancing time for my husband and I, balancing being, you know, putting the laptop down, working from home can be challenging in that you're always on. There's no work hours. Yeah. And sometimes at night, you know, I have to tell myself, put the laptop away, put it down. Because that's just so easy. Yeah, it's so easy to work from home. Also staff. I found staffing really hard because I guess I have such a desire and a passion for what I do and and a level and a standard that I want my studio and my clients to experience. Um, to experience. And I'm really particular about technique. People, my clients often laugh at me because to me, technique with Pilates is everything. If you're not doing it properly, then mm. don't do it yeah. because that's what it's about. It's about the quality of the movement and the precision. So it's finding staff that A, have the same passion, want to work as hard as I do and have the knowledge that I do as well. You know, there's a lot of young instructors who are everyone's training Pilates is a, you know, is an in thing. And sometimes I feel like it's been a little bit bastardized in, you know, a lot of the gyms are kind of running Pilates. It's just classes. the next train. Yeah. And, you know, and there's PTs trying to teach, no offense to PTs, mm. but there's PTs trying to teach Pilates. And mm. you have to have some kind of anatomical, you know, biomechanical training to really understand a, how to progress or to regress or to how to modify an exercise for someone who's got an injury. Yeah. So I'm really particular about technique. So, and I expect that standard. I've got a lovely instructor who works with me and she, well, if she's it. listening now, yeah. she'll feel very bolstered. <laughs> she'll feel very bolstered because I have turned a lot away because, you know, it's my business and it's my passion and I want my clients to feel that they're getting the same, the value. best. Yeah, yeah. The same value that if they're not with me, they're getting the same same instruction that they would get with my staff. So do you think that, um, or well, I guess your experience with staffing for anyone listening who maybe is having difficulties with staffing or thinking about starting a business and staffing yeah. kind of freaking them out, would you have any advice from your own experience or do you feel like you have just kept the screening process as is until you found the right person? There was no like rush for you to bulk hire or. Yeah, I would come lucky in that I didn't have to hire someone. I, I hired other instructors so that I could have a bit of time off and not work such long hours. So I think I had that luxury of being able to screen and filter and finding someone who, because a lot of the time also when you're in a studio, it's as much about personality and rapport with your clients. You can, you can be technically the most amazing instructor and really anyone can learn a repertoire of exercises, but it's having that, you know, that rapport with the, and the empathy you have to be able to, people need to feel like they're valued Mm. and that they walk out feeling better than they walked in. Yeah. That's my aim. I want you to enjoy your whole experience. You know, we have great chats. I'm great friends. 
friends with a lot of my clients and I've made amazing friends with a lot mm. of my clients because it is such a personal thing. Yeah. I guess it's like your hairdresser. You know, you need you let it all out. Yeah, yeah, everyone. People tell me everything. I know a lot of things about if any of my clients are listening. <laughs> uh, you know, people tell me everything, and I, you get you do get you know, everything uh, about Concord. <laughs> yeah, because they're also you're physically touching them as well. And I think as soon as you pass that barrier, people then trust you, and they you know people trust me mm. with their bodies. Yeah, a lot of the time they're scared to do certain things, and I challenge them in the movements they're doing, and then they they build up that trust. So mm. yeah, staffing is I think for any business is always a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You also mentioned one thing there when you were talking about all the hats you wear and about working from home and the ability to switch off. And I think a lot of people listening as well as myself right now are experiencing that. You know, you're working from home. It's almost like there's an expectation that – you're you know, always on. You're always on. And yeah. I was actually um, speaking to Andrew about this the other day, and it was like, how does how does sick days work now? Like, if, yeah. if I say called in sick, I'm I'm already at home. So, is there an expectation mm. there that I just work anyway? Yeah. And you know, like, when do you switch off? Because you can just, you know, what are your, I guess, what have you utilized in your own home? Because you've done it, obviously, not just because yes. of COVID. You've yes. always worked from yeah, home. Yeah, I'm always, yeah. How have you kind of managed that relationship? Look, my husband is really good and that he makes me put my laptop, he'll say, come and switch off, put my laptop off. But I've also put- The time th- out warden. Yeah, but I've also put things in place. Like I, now I put my phone on silent. Like mm-hmm. it's on do not disturb from a certain time at night to a certain time in the morning. It's on do not disturb unless it's my favorites, like my kids. But otherwise, you know, it, it will wait. And I think I was, and I still struggle with that. Always that person, if an email comes in or a message comes in, I feel like I have to reply straight away mm. when really you don't have to reply straight away. You need to set those boundaries. And I think mobile phones have kind of blurred those lines because People always expect you to be available. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Yeah. They expect you to reply straight yeah, away. Whether it's social media or messaging yes. or emails, yeah. it's all in the same spot. Yeah, really. exactly. So I think you've got to set those boundaries for yourself and try and stick to them because at the end of the day, you're actually more effective and you work actually more efficiently as well. Like if you set hours that this is the hours I'm working in the day and if you stick to them, you'll find you're also more productive than kind of doing bits here and there and coming back to it at night when you're tired and you I think it's more productive as well if you set those boundaries and the hours. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Actually, it's interesting you just said that because one of my habits or something I try and do every day is an hour before I go to bed and an hour when I wake yeah. up, I leave my phone on airplane mode. Yes. So that because as soon as I turn it off, the notifications start yeah, coming in. As soon in, as they're there, you, you know, think you have to reply. You can't. That's right. It's I can't, so hard. And I, I, I don't have very good self-control. So I'll jump on my Instagram. I'll check mm. my three business yeah. accounts. I'll reply yeah. to whatever. So I physically now – before I go to bed yeah. an hour and, you know, before yeah. I wake up, aeroplane mode. So yeah, the same thing. So that's a little hot a, yeah, tip for anyone. That is a hot, and it is a, it's an easy tip. Yeah. And also, I guess if you can also not have your phone near you, that's yeah. another good one. Yeah, like just don't, put it on charging Yeah, your don't have your mobile phone next to your mm. bed because it's tempting when you wake up in the morning just to, you know, and then you just waste time. Like sometimes you find yourself, you've wasted half an hour looking through Instagram. What have you actually done? Nothing. Yeah. You just, it's like this mindless scrolling that you find, yeah. you know, and I think social media is, is sometimes also damaging to your mental health Mm. I don't think it's always a unless you've got only positive accounts but I think you know we compare ourselves so much to everything that's happening on social media and then if you don't feel like you're living up to those levels then you're you know that self-doubt kicks in and the self-confidence goes down and you feel like you're not achieving what you should be achieving when really you know most of what you see on Instagram is not real 
No. And but I, I will ha- add a caveat to this. So because I use my phone as an alarm, I have to have it in my yes. room. Yes. But I but I've found keeping it on airplane mode, yes. you can still use the alarm feature, yes. but you're not waking up and but seeing things. But it's not there. The notifications are not there. Exactly. So there's yeah. no temptation. So I wait till I go to the gym, finish at the gym and then I turn yeah. it on. Yeah. So that's a tip if you need to have the yeah. phone near you. Another thing I was going to say, it becomes a bit tricky when you're using social media for business purposes yes. and you have to be on and you yes. have to be actively posting. But one thing I've found is there are so many tools for you to pre-schedule to plan. and yep. plan ahead so that you're not having to yep. be on every day. And that's something I've um, implemented as well yep. so that I'm not – it doesn't control me every Especially morning. Especially on the weekends. I oh, think yeah. that's important. I think if you can plan to use one of the apps to plan your social media on the weekend so you're not always on, so you have time out, time out from your business, time out from being on social media yeah. all the time is really important, you know. I think that just if you can leave your phone for a couple of hours, it's so good for you because it is controlling mm-hmm. and it is absorbing and it's, a you know, you spend... Taxing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's taxing and it's really time-consuming. You know, it's not an easy thing to maintain your Instagram or your social media as a mm-hmm. business. Like it takes work and it yeah, takes time definitely. and it takes planning. Yeah. It's not, you know, I think to do it properly, you have to plan and you have to think about what you're doing because people also want to see real content. They don't just want you to post something for the sake of post something. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But it's all about like how do you maintain your balance but still, you know, uphold all the things you've committed to. And and having a business account, you need to be active. So it's it's how you find that that equilibrium. Yeah. I guess I'd also, I don't have a lot of time because I have, you know, kids and we're super busy. I kind of have to put those things in place because I can't always be on my phone. So it stops me. I guess abusing it too much because there's times where I just can't and you know I'm lucky in that my clients know they they know that if they message me I'll reply when I can reply yeah you know yeah and it is about setting those boundaries so if you're replying at 10 o'clock at night then expect that people are going to message you at 10 o'clock and then they're going to exactly if you don't reply yeah if you don't reply and you reply to them the next morning and say thanks for the message you know people then stop expecting you to be available 24 7 that's right it's about setting the boundaries yeah the last thing I wanted to chat to you about, and I think it's the area we haven't really dived into much, is relationships. And I know that um, we had a brief chat in the past week about your own experience with the fact that you can't control people and just your yeah life experience in that. Do you want to talk, talk to us yeah, a little bit about? I look, I've had probably over I think since I turned forty, I had a bit of a shift in change of my what my friendship group. You know, I've changed friendship groups, I guess, and it kind of happened through my daughter in a way and my friendships were tied up with other mums in that group um things change for whatever reason and I also you know and I guess I was teaching my daughter what to do and I thought if I'm going to be a role model I need to also do the same I also need to do the same you know I was telling her not to react to certain things and to not um just to be true to herself and that ultimately people will see the truth and if you be yourself people will see that and they will respect you long term for that no matter what pressures you have from other people or mm. what other people are saying and the people that appreciate that will gravitate towards Correct. you and those that Correct. don't will turn and then, away yeah, and, that's and, then, and that's hard i guess at my age too it was hard to also realize that a not everyone's going to like you mm. which is you know i've never ex- had to think about that and b you can't control the way other people behave you know you can't control what they think and how what they say the only thing you can control is how you react to it that's so right. you can choose to react in a bad way or you can choose to let it consume you or you can say, you know what, it's actually more about them mm. than it is about me. The Sounds way like a you problem. That's yeah, what I always yeah, tell myself. The, the way they're behaving actually says a lot more about them rather than 
it's me. Hundred percent. You know, and that's a hard thing to come to terms with. And I, I guess through kind of helping my daughter through a situation, I learned that actually I'm I need to actually swallow your own yeah, pill. swallow my own pill and do what I'm saying to her. So, you know, I've also learned that you don't have to have a massive friendship group. No. That you just need some really good core friends and family. Your family is so important. Yeah. You know, I've had my brother had coronavirus when it first came out, and wow. he got he lives in South Africa, but he went skiing in Austria and was one of the first cases there, and is still five months later struggling. He's still struggling, and you know can't go to work, and it's almost turned into like an autoimmune disease, like a chronic fatigue, and wow. no one talks about the long term effects of um, coronavirus. My sister and Lauren niece have recently had it, but they're fine. You know, they got flu and they're fine. So I think having family overseas with illness and not being able to be there has also, you know, it makes you kind of take stock of what's important and mm-hmm. who's important in your life and yeah. creating that that core of positive, like-minded people around you yeah. that support you no matter what. And I've said this before, but everyone knows they are influenced by, you know, you're influenced by like probably the most five closest people to you. And so when you think about those five people, are are you confident to say like, I'm happy that they have an influence on me? And if your answer is no, I think it's, you know, that's when you've got to sit down with yourself and say, okay, well, why am I, am I friends with them out of pity? Is it, is it for them rather than for me? Because I think when it comes to your time, which is a priceless, priceless, you know, energy resource, you have to be selfish with it and you have to think like where are you allotting that because it's the number one currency in today's society. Yeah, definitely. And I think you also have friends kind of, I guess, that are situational friends. You know, Mm -hmm. you have friends through certain periods of your life. You have friends. To help you balance in that point in time. Like they might be a certain time where you're working or it might be you've had kids and they're your mum friends or it might be, you know, your. so I think you have to realise too that Friends can be transitional. Yeah. Like you don't always have to keep those friends. They don't have to be for life. I think you do have a core group of people that you are friends with for life. Mm. But I think it's okay to also have people that come and go in your life. It doesn't always have to be a reflection on you or a negative thing. That's right. And I think it comes back to what you were saying about you can't control other people. Yeah. And everyone's on their own life journey. So Correct. it shouldn't be this big deal or negative thing if yeah. people just split and go their yeah. separate ways because that's just life. Yeah. It and is. it happens and it's an and there's no there's no need to have bad blood with people. It's just more no. like an acceptance, okay, like our friendship has served us up till now. Correct. And we no longer yeah. serve each other for yeah. whatever reason and we're you and know, that's you okay. to be amicable. Yeah. But you just, you know, accept that that's yeah. okay yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've learned to really surround myself with People that are that that value me for who I am and that are positive, mm. that are positive go getters and want the best for me no matter what. Yes, you know that there's no agenda, there's no jealousy, there's no it's no comparisons. It's not about what car you drive. It's not about you know that they value me for what's real. I'm not interested in what handbag you have. Mm. I'm not interested in what car you drive. It doesn't impress me. It doesn't they're not my values. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And it feeds nicely into our concept of balance because, you know, the the people you surround yourself with in high school, then through uni, and then when you have kids are completely different because your needs at that point in time are different. And so you need to be okay with the fact that friendships are fluid. Yeah. Not to say that every friendship you have is transitional, but it's okay for those that are. You don't need to beat yourself up or hate on the other person. Yeah, exactly. For that experience, it's just it's life. Just life. It's, it is life, and I guess that's exactly right about being fluid and you know balancing your time is fluid. 
as mm. well. There's no such thing as like, oh, I've got the perfect. No one has. No. no one has the perfect formula. And no once one, you get it, it changes. Yeah, no one. Yeah, exactly. And if you've had kids, you know that nothing mm. stays the same for five minutes. For five minutes, just when you think you've got something sorted, it changes. So I think you know. I think that applies to any kind of balance, whether it's your work life balance, it's your friendship balance, whatever it is. I think you've got to be flexible and you've got to be fluid. And you've got to just stay true to yourself, mm. no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time Hi, today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you downloading your expertise oh, in Pilates you. and our chat on your own life experience as an entrepreneur, as a mother, and as a friend. So I really enjoyed our thank chat. You for I can't wait for me. everyone to listen, no problem. And I will link all of Bry's um, resources, her Instagram, and all of that. So if anyone's interested in the online courses or wants to know more, they can, what's the best way to reach you? Email, DM? Uh, yeah, email me through my Instagram. So it's yep. at Pilates20. Cool. I'll pop links in the bio, but she's more than happy for anyone to reach out. So don't be shy. Thanks. All right, guys. Have a good day. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Oh,